welcome to Green and Red, Scrappy Politics for Scrappy People, a regular podcast on radical, environmental and anti-capitalist politics, brought to you by Bob Bazanka and Scott Parker. Welcome to the Silky Smooth Sounds of the Green and Red podcast. I am your co-host, Scott Parkin from Berkeley, California, coming back after a, a bit of a break. Uh, and I am joined by... Uh, Bob Bisanko in beautiful Ohio, and it's uh, good to have you back. And today we are joined, we're very excited to join, be joined by our old friend, uh, Debbie Russell in Austin, Texas. Debbie is a uh, longtime community activist and organizer in Austin. Uh, she's worked on a lot of police brutality issues. Uh, she volunteers with the Austin Lawyers Guild. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in Austin. There's, a, there's, been, a, there's been quite a um, lot going on. Uh, an activist has been shot and killed, murdered uh, in Austin about a week ago. There's been like a um, lot of protests in response to that. Welcome to Green and Red, Debbie. Thanks for having me. It's good to see y'all's faces. Just to, just to kick it off, would you like to just kind of give us a little bit of a, um, just a, a little bit of an update or, or tell us what's like in Austin right now, what the scene's like? Well, it's like nothing it's ever been, that's for sure. <clears throat> we are at official war now with the police here. And um, the, the, the incident that happened last weekend on Saturday night, people were marching, they were crossing the street a car screeched out, honked, screeched its tires, turned directly into the crowd, and then rolled down his window and shot five shots. And so that was, unfortunately, three of those were into the chest uh, and other places of Garrett Foster, who was a very wonderful, sweet, dedicated young man, a vet who had, who was engaged to a lovely, lovely young woman, uh, Whitney, who is a quadriplegic in a wheelchair. And so he was pushing her when the car screeched in, pushed her out of the way, and then put his body in between the car and her, and had been wearing since about a month ago when cops let another car just like that come through, wave a gun. They stopped him for about 15 minutes and then sent him on his way. Turns out he's the son of a small town Maine police, police chief, excuse me. So he'd been carrying this uh, AK-47 strapped around his chest since then and a couple other people too. And it, you know, they weren't protecting us anymore because our city council is actually talking about defunding and are looking to, like they're gonna actually do something here that, you know, I've been, <laughs> you know, begging and pleading for for 20 years and it's happening and it's amazing and it's a beautiful thing, but we have toddlers with badges who are kicking and screaming and throwing their little tantrums and it's pretty sad scene. And so all those, the, all the, the murder, uh, <clears throat> Daniel Perez was not a cop, per se. Uh, he is a right winger. He's a Trump supporter. He is, uh, you know, he's army as well. It's a very compli complicated situation. 
He's also military, comes from Fort Hood. Things we've dug up show that he wasn't well regarded among his fellow soldiers or his family. His sister has posted a lot saying, you know, he needs to get his act together. So this was not a well put together gentleman. He saw Garrett say some words on the live stream a few hours earlier that night. And he took that as a personal challenge and he got his gun and he came down and he sought him out in the crowd and killed him. That's what, that's what it comes down to. This week has been turmoil for Austin. We've been grieving. We've never had anything like this happen in, you know, recent history. Certainly there's, you know, we have people of color, communities have dealt with activist things like, you know, things that where the police attack them but just somebody coming up and just shooting somebody never would have imagined. And so there's a lot of that going on, a lot of shock and anger. And of course, the police have already shaped the story such that the guy in the car that turned to the car and used his car as a vehicle, vehicular manslaughter, attempted vehicular manslaughter, uh, he was just confused and he just didn't know what, oh, no, there's a crowd and that guy has a gun and it looks like it's pointing at me. So it's self-defense. So he let, they let him go that same morning. And that was that. And he's been out ever since. And he's been out to visit a few times since too. I, I'm just, you know, he came out and threatened the widow of the person he murdered and said she was next. And now he's, he showed, and then he spotted Saturday night, we don't have video, but he was on the police scanner. They said that Daniel Foster was in, in the crowd. So he's out for more blood and they're not gonna do anything about it. So we have a, a lot of people, uh, one group that I'm helping to uh, coordinate, we have a name, I can't say it yet, but we're grassroots investigators. We're solving the case. We have been not sleeping for the last week, uh, madly trying to get the evidence together to hand over to the lawyers to go get the ev evidence they need to put the package together to go directly to the grand jury because we are not going to go to the police with this evidence and uh, try to make sure we get this guy in jail. Now, but when it happened, he fled the scene, right? And then they talked to him later and then they released him. Is, is that what happened, Perry? Turned the, yeah, turned the turned the down the street, went down the street. <clears throat> there may be indication he had a person or two with him that uh, maybe had run down a couple of blocks to go get in this car and go home. But although he does seem like a lone gun, so I'm not, they, we're yeah. not there yet on that. But yeah, he turned down the street, turned himself, called the cops, said I might put my glove in the, in the glove box and um, they caught him scooped him up and they made a very made a big impression on saying he is cooperating with authorities he's cooperating with authorities so we're just gonna let him go yeah. okay and he had even um tweeted was it on on trump's feed the about uh, you know basically sent him down to texas and we'll take care of him here yeah he said so, yeah many things that were yeah. direct threats against protesters yeah this wasn't a spontaneous act of fear no no not right not at all right and, and he's active duty in the army. Well, see, that's the question. One, one reason, one thing is, is if he was active duty, why would he be a Uber driver in, in Austin so much? And secondly, if he was active duty, because at first, the first information we got was that 
that he was discharged in April. And then he put, he put out the statement that he was active duty. So that's what's been in the press. His attorneys put that statement out. He probably lied to his attorneys. They probably haven't checked. And so we're wondering why the army hasn't scooped him up and thrown him in the brig and are investigating themselves because typically they don't mess around with that kind of stuff. You know, if you've murdered somebody and whether or not it was self-defense, they will investigate if you are, you know, one of theirs. Yeah. I know a journalist on, on Facebook who said he called Fort Hood the other day and he was just infuriated. He said he spoke to him for an hour and got yeah. nothing. You know, so uh, there, yeah, there was a well, there was one one soldier that said I served with that guy. I have no, he was the worst soldier soldier I ever served with, and I have no idea why anybody put a gun in his hand, like gave him the right to carry a gun. That's just other soldiers are not are disclaiming him as representative yeah. of the army. And so, the, and then the current district attorney who's resigned her position. There was a primary. You know, has, has there been any comment from from her about the prospects of prosecuting if <laughs> if a case is brought to brought to her? No, uh, Margaret Moore is at best useless and more aptly outright uh, hostile to the people. You know, we have we have a Democratic stronghold in in the Travis County in Texas. We're, you know, we're the used to be the sole Democrat. You know, that's changing, but we've always been in bed with developers and police. I mean, that's just all there is to it. So things don't move here unless the police union says it, it can. And of course, even though the d district attorney's job is by law to seek justice at all costs, they instead of they don't just not bring cops to the grand jury <laughs> they just they outright just i mean and if the few times they do they go out of their way to present the evidence to exonerate them when their job is actually to get an indictment so that they can move on to trial the grand jury system don't get me started on that that's a whole nother thing uh the united King, King, kingdom where we got it from has done away with it long ago as well as australia who borrowed it from them and you know they've and canada so everybody's done away with it but we're still stuck in this thing where you know the prosecutor gets to lay out the case only and if you're a regular joe off the street you're screwed because you don't have a lawyer to defend you or present your side of things you have to wait till trial and so if you're indicted you know, it's good chances, you know, you're, you're, unless you have a really good lawyer at that point, you're not going to get out of it. But cops, this is a protectionary measure. This is a buffer zone. So they don't ever have to see uh, a courtroom. And uh, she's not, she's indicted three cops for a taser use of force incident and then lost at trial. And other than that, those are the only cops that have come her way in the last four years. She's also horrid and hasn't prosecuted on sexual assault. It's another big reason we had to kick her out. Uh, in 2017, her first full year, she prosecuted one case of sexual assault, one case in all of Travis County. And, you know, at, at we at least have a thousand people reporting to police sexual assaults 
every year. If you, and that's just the ones that we know about that are reported. And then, you know, I'm sorry, we have 50,000, we have a big student population here. And if you think that the rape's not going on down at the University of Texas, but we've never seen any of those guys, anybody be prosecuted. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's never, it's amazing how apparently that just doesn't happen in this county. Well, and, it. Yeah, it's Texas wide too. I mean, you know, remember the case of Joe Horn who killed two guys in the back and, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you're a, if you're a poor guy, what was they saying? They can indict a ham sandwich, but uh, mm -hmm. if you're on the side of the cops or, yeah. or the law, then they'll, they'll leave you alone. Especially when they fund your campaigns. So Yeah. You know, Texas, um, Austin, kind of like Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle is, is reputation one of the more liberal cities in America, but, but the police there, you've had long-term problems with them and uh, the police have killed a couple people this year and nothing's happened with those either. And the, you know, so. We have the worst profiling rate. We have by population, the worst unarmed people of color, murders by cops. You know, it's just like crazy how, yeah, liberal we are. But in, you know, in alignment with all the stars and everything that's going on lately with, you know, the Black Life Matters movement that started five, six years ago, but has really gelled and come to fruition, of course, since um, you know the last two months, but the we've been watching these other cities get these reform DA candidates, and you know jealous, <laughs> and you know we tried to run one in 2012. Our, our former judge Charlie Baird, who is just a gem and a doll, and had a huge name. I mean, he served on the state uh, court of of appeals. Is that right? Yeah, and you know, so but we couldn't we couldn't get a th more than a third of the electorate to vote for him, which was just strange. They liked it how it was. They liked it how it was. And it just, not until this time, again, all the stars lined up and suddenly reform, criminal justice reform is a thing now and the people are ready to vote for it. And surprisingly, we had an incredibly rec a record that just blew everybody away on the youth vote here in Travis County, you know, 18 to 40 year olds, and droves came out and voted. So this is great. So Jose Garza won the primary, which means he's won because Republicans don't win uh, in this town in these races. But uh, but we had to wait for him until January and Moore has given up and said she is not gonna take on any police cases. She hasn't spoken one word on this. Even, even though when in May, she said she was going to actually uh, in, bring the officer there's one officer, main officer for Mike Ramos, uh, and another one. She was going to bring them to a grand jury, uh, but she's just thrown that to the way, wayside. So for the families of Mike Ramos, Enrique uh, Quiroz, uh, and Javier Ambler, who was killed by William, Williamson County uh, sheriffs, but in Travis County, those people who we already, it already took a year for us to even find out about it which is, you know, like, how did that get buried? Uh, we have to, these families are gonna have to wait until next year to even think about getting justice. But Jose's gonna do it and he's gonna, he's gonna make that happen. I have never been more hopeful in my life on a reform candidate. And um, <clears throat> we also got a reform 
uh, county attorney too, which uh, comes from our city council, Delia Garza. So we have county attorney Delia Garza and district attorney Jose Garza. So I call him, you know, Gar like Garza and Garza for Travis County. So there, it's it's kind of cute. We're going to get confused and it'll be fun. <laughs> now, uh, after Garrett Foster's killing, didn't the was it the head of the police union? or was it Cassidy or something like that put out a really yeah. really ugly tweet oh my you know God. what and what got me about that is you can see how like I think they're well they are sociopaths and how petty they're he spelled Garrett's name three different ways which yes. is just a way of Did you notice that just yeah it was just a just a the shitty apology. like childish thing you know apology but what, he was undercutting his own apology yeah. by disrespecting the what was the now what was the first statement was that that did he blame Garrett Foster for this? Or? Yeah, uh, he got what he deserved, basically, yeah. that he was, you know, you shouldn't drink, shouldn't bring a gun to a protest. Well, you guys do. And you- well, It's Texas. It's Texas. <laughs> uh, crazy people bring guns to a, a, a mom's meeting for gun violence in, in Dallas a few years ago to an IHOP. There were about 10 of these, you know, uh, cosplaying fat guys with AKs. It's Texas. People have guns. I've yeah. seen guns in Kroger's, you know? And we weren't bringing guns until you stopped protecting us from the people that were bringing guns. So, and driving cars into us. What choice, basically? I mean, I've never, I can't even believe I'm just like, yeah, guns at protests. I never really thought I would be here, but I mean, I don't really see what choice we have. It's crazy. Yeah, Ken Cassidy is um, one of the absolute worst human beings on this planet. And we've had some doozies of, of uh, police union presidents before, but man, oh man, he is just pure, pure evil and immature. And, and you know, this is, you know, just the shit they make up and it's like nothing new. Come up with some new inventive stuff for God's sake. This weekend we were supposed to scale buildings with our guns and we were going to burn APD. Oh, yeah. We are going to burn a council member's house. And we, yeah, snipers out and all that. Yeah, yeah we had all of these things. They were busting in Antifa. I'm like, I already Antifa lived. Antifa snipers, I read. Yeah. <laughs> snipers. And it's like, these. oh, we're going to set up autonomous, we're going to turn downtown into autonomous zone. Uh, that was cute. Like, this is all going to happen, apparently. And they were scaring everybody into it. So more people are like, Antifa sucks. And I'm like, well, yeah. So what are you, Protifa? I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't just get fun. it. It's like people just buy, eat that shit up. They're bleeding it up a lot less now. But still, there's going to be that, you know, segment. And so, of course, none of that happened. Yet 35 people are still in jail. I don't know why nobody they can't figure out they won't tell the press why what the charges are because they're like just sitting around the twiddling their thumbs trying to make it up because they have a few more hours left yeah, just to just to get into that what has been the sort of like response on the street after the shooting of Garrett Foster it's like like in Portland they're doing they've been doing protests every night has Austin been seeing that I I, I watched on Twitter Saturday night where the 35 folks got arrested and looks like y'all went out on i-35 and went to apd's headquarters but like how has the street politic been escalating since the shooting of garrett foster um people have, we've been keeping a pretty solid presence at ap at the austin police department headquarters which is at 35 between 7th and 8th streets 
um, and there's like a the 35 is elevated, so there's like an L, uh, covered area parking lot underneath it, and we kind of had the street. They let us have barricades, but they've since given up. You're doing, you don't have the street in that intersection anymore. And so, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Last weekend when Garrett was, they, was, they were on a march. And so there was a march happening from APD. They went to City Hall, and then they were going to the Capitol. So at that point, they were coming down Congress Avenue towards the Capitol. And at 4th is where this happened, 4th Street. So four blocks north of the river. Um, and so that we, now there's a vigil site there and the bus park bench that's there has been turned into the base of this amazing altar that uh, uh, is just growing and growing. And then, you know, of course gets vandalized and we redo it again. So mu much of the focus has shifted there. We hadn't really- That's gone fourth in Congress, the yeah, side of the shooting. Congress. Yeah. And so, you know, last night, I mean, Saturday night was the biggest, sorry, I haven't slept, so I'm not sure what last night is. So Saturday night was uh, kind of the biggest showing back at APD, just because everybody was circling, doing all these things and going back and forth. They actually occupied that altar and wouldn't let people anywhere near it for some time during Saturday night, because, you know, that's so respectful. And, um, you know, earlier they had, they had corralled everybody on the sidewalk and they pepper sprayed them and then they arrested six of them. You know, it's just, just like they do. And uh, I don't know why the rest of it, they didn't arrest anybody at uh, trying to t take 35. It was a brief little show. So that was the really only illegal thing that was done. But I got this one picture of this girl in a cute little foo-foo, lacy sundress with them heels they're putting her in the big sheriff school bus i don't, we don't know why like what do these people do <laughs> anyway so yeah they're they're the pres the the presence has shifted down to this visual site to the site of the killing um at, at another little story that happened saturday night when we when people got to apd and were there in mass right after uh they took the freeway uh police a whole bunch of police and police cars came under the freeway in that parking lot grabbed two black guys out of the car at gunpoint just got them out of the car were real rough handling with them and detained them and searched in the car and pulled out a big bag full of aluminum cans that they were taking from the vigil site they were going to recycle but they thought they were molotov cocktails so uh they let them go <laughs> they were cans for recycling so if you're yeah. if you're black and you're recycling watch out yeah <sighs> i mean apd's been pretty vicious since you know this all began in late may i you know i've seen a lot of the, the oh, images yeah. and uh um the, what have the, the mayor and police chief, uh, uh, Adler and Manley, have they said anything or done anything? Is it just like the, the same <laughs> rhetoric we're hearing all over? No, Adler has is slowly moving towards the thing. We have four council members that are really speaking out and standing up. And in fact, our former Travis County judge, which is the mayor of the commissioner, county's commissioner's court, if you will, uh, Sarah Eckhart, uh, who was also... Run, who had just resigned a position and then is, was running for 
uh, Senate District 14, Texas Senate District 14 spot, Kirk Watson vacating his seat. His seat. Uh, we thought she was in a runoff with Eddie Rodriguez, but uh, it was 49.66%. So luckily Eddie did the classy thing and conceded and, you know, because it was a special election, so we would have to have a special runoff yeah. just for that. And here we are on COVID, you know, and it can't be on in November, so we have to have another, you know. So it was just like, please, Eddie, don't make us do this before point oh, you know, whatever percent, three something percent. So um, she's been speaking out. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. That's about it. So our city council is moving, working hard on restructuring police, trying to use the words transformative and things like that. It's not good enough for some of these younger activists. It's more than I ever dreamed I would see in my lifetime. So, <laughs> you know, I'm stuck yeah. in between two places, but, uh, you know, they are promising to do a lot more even after they pass the budget um, and, you know, over the next year that they're going to keep pounding on it. Uh, continuously they're not going to stop is what at least four or five six of them are saying so it's looking good from that standpoint but they're you know uh manly is manly <laughs> i've got several blogs on him if you want to know more <laughs> so I mean, it, it's, a, it, it's an interesting dynamic there's a progressive district attorney coming they're looking at how to best defund the police department. It seems like yeah. the, the police are like unhappy about these, at least one of, if not both of these things. And they're like, the, we've been seeing police rampage all over the country around these calls to defund the police and things like that. It seems like Austin police department is pretty much like going <clears> with <throat> that flow uh, as well as some of the more conservative politicians. I'm wondering, you know, I, the other thing I saw, one of the things I saw more in social media is that like there were reports that like, Governor Abbott had like deployed state troopers to help police the streets of Austin. There were like potentially snatch squads going around, which is like a la what was like happening in Portland, which actually kind of one of the things that set things off in Portland. I'm, I'm wondering if, is there any uh, um, veracity to those claims? They're practicing. Uh, so there's been a couple of times where they, APD themselves have practiced the snatch and grab routine. They used a van and, you know, but we knew they were blah, blah, blah. No reason we got them out. So Friday night, there were three arrests and all three were for the people who were driving their cars to protect the marchers. Because again, they're not going to escort us anymore. They've given up. So we have to do our own protection. But so they're just going to arrest us for obstructing the roadway for protecting our own people. So, you know, it's, I mean, they're just, it's a game. And so the, they got two of them, no problem. And then apparently everybody reached the Whole Foods at six and Lamar and were just chilling and saying goodbye to each other. And 20 cars just rush in on them. And they, they totally did a snatch and grab. They couldn't, some of the, Officers were in like the t-shirts and camo pants and they, they weren't identifiable. Some of them were APD. Some of them might have been DPS. Uh, we had some pictures from earlier that day when we saw these guys. They did look like the ICE agents. 
um, in the, that kind of get up that gear. I'm sorry, the border patrol people that you saw in Portland. Um, it, it quasi, some of them are thought to be ICE agents, some border patrol. Uh, we're likely to get border patrol here, but uh, so we don't really, we didn't really know for a while what happened. Uh, they didn't charge that, that guy that they got. Oh, and he got, they got his dog too. He had a dog and they took his dog. They wouldn't just give it to the proof. And everybody was screaming. They were pepper spraying everybody because they were screaming, who the hell are you? So they pepper sprayed everybody, grabbed the guy, threw him in, grabbed his dog. Uh, we still don't know what happened to his dog, uh, but he didn't get charged until yesterday so they let the other two out saturday night but they didn't let uh i'm actually yeah i think he's out now that guy's out uh and hopefully he's gotten his dog but uh they're just practicing right now we don't know what they really have in mind yet um there wasn't really much snatching and grabbing saturday night that wasn't by who we know <laughs> And in a lot of these places, I think what's standing out is, is the police unions are taking a major role in basically bypassing uh, uh, the mayors and the city councils. It's kind of like uh, there's no civilian control. Uh, and I wondered if, if Austin's like that, if you, you know, if the union oh, yeah. kind of, because uh, we had a show not long ago about, like, you know, is there a move in Austin also to get the police unions removed from labor organizations? We have no legal standing to do so, as far as I can tell. Um, but, um, we have no legal standing to do so that I can tell, uh, there may be some ways and means, but let's, let's back up. What do we, what do we have? The deal we have with the police union, we have the meet and confer contract. We did tackle and got a few little things, uh, our way a couple of years ago in the last year and a half. Uh, but it's a terrible contract. One of the stipulations is the president, and, I'm, and I guess the vice president, they get, they get to keep their very fat APD salary. We have one of the highest per capita paid police departments in the nation. And uh, they, but they get to work full time for the union. So essentially we pay them to be police officers, but yet, they they're allowed by the contract to go work and work against us to fight for the officers to get more rights because they don't have enough all right officers don't have enough rights they're, they're already above the law but that's not good enough so you know we're our tax dollars go to fund that which is just it really really just sticks in my craw with you know just little shit like that and so yeah they and so they don't touch them. They just haven't touched them. They won't ever speak out. They're finally now like, no, you can't say that, Ken. You can't fucking say that. And he, <laughs> he finally got his, um, you know, finally got somebody to slap his hand. I guess it was Kronk, our, our city manager, who hasn't really done much of anything to this point either. Uh, but he, you know, obviously somebody made him do that apology and he still got away with misspelling his name all three times that he wrote it just just to show how immature they are and just and just you know that they hate people they hate people they don't want to protect us they want to kill us i mean that's what it comes no, to no no they're, they're they're sociopathic yeah they no, yeah. absolutely 
you just look at those videos and it's 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 chilling. Yeah. So our city manager is going to be the next to go. You know, first we got to get rid of our police chief. I mean, that's a given. But everybody's like, well, who do we hire? Because there's even after after uh, after George was killed, there is a few decent reformist police chiefs, and then they screwed up. Then they were sending out their hounds and doing the rubber bullets and the, all of the things to the protesters. Even the two or three we thought were pretty good police chiefs around the nation have their true colors have come out. There's none, there's none to get. There's nobody to replace them with at this yeah. point. So we're trying to actually hear one of the proposals is to split it up, split up the different functions into different things. And we're going to have different chiefs, different people in charge, and then have a civilian chief place in city hall that oversees them you know there's there's this actually brilliant uh very inventive um plan that council member jimmy flanagan has put in place here but you know then we have to get rid of our city manager who has just laid down and rolled over for these guys you know he we told them we have to cut a hundred million it came back with a budget that he said was going to decrease it by 11 million, but what it was actually 11 million from his formally proposed next year's budget. It ended up being 150,000 from last year. So 0.003% or something, you know, with a $4.3 billion budget. Uh, million dollar budget, excuse me. Yeah, it's 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 gotten nuts up in here. The shit's hitting the fan. People are all just stirring and the pot the, uh, from all directions. Uh, but there's so much opportunity to grab, and you know, chaos and bliss. What can I say? Just a yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> I think that's a great description, app description. Uh, just real quick, we're gonna do a quick ID podcast ID. Uh, folks, you're listening to. The Green and Red podcast. Today we're talking to Debbie Russell, longtime community organizer, anti-police activist, anti-police brutality activist in Austin, Texas. Uh, if you want to follow us on our social media, you can find Green and Red podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to become a member of our small but mighty donor base, you can uh, go to patreon.com backslash green red podcast and uh, donate and support this podcast and keep us corporate free. We're keep us independent. Uh, we're, that's how scrappy we are. We don't take corporate donations. And then uh, also, if you go to our website, greenandredpodcast.org, uh, you can also, if you want to make a one-time donation and not become a recurring donor on Patreon, you can go there to donate as well. And so Debbie, the other, the other sort of like kind of bigger backdrop of what's going on is that we've also been seeing you know, Texas is becoming, moving more towards a, uh, um, becoming more of a, at least a purple state, definitely in the urban areas of Dallas and Houston. You know, for a long time when I was living and growing up in, in Dallas and then living in Houston later in my life, Austin was the sort of liberal bastion and that was about it. I'm wondering, you know, with everything we've been seeing happen in Austin, are you starting to see similar things happen in Dallas and Houston and San Antonio? In terms of 
a police and reform. Yeah, yeah police, police reform, that sort of thing. So, I can't explain what's happening in Houston right now. Everybody's stopped. Everybody thinks, I, I mean, Sylvester Turner, who used to be great on criminal justice at the legislature, uh, basically gave more money to the police and everybody's given up there. I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I can't explain Houston right well, now. I think two years ago that started with the uh, referendum because the firefighters, yeah. you know, had a referendum on the ballot because you know they were starting out at like twenty four thousand dollars for pay pay parity, and so Turner just like canceled about a hundred firefighters, you know, at the at the academy, and he and the Greater Houston Partnership and the and the cops uh, are are in league together, and then you have Acevedo. I've, I can't tell you how many emails I got saying, oh, you know, when Acevedo was talking about Trump, you know, when this began. Oh, that's a cool guy. You have a great. And I was like, no, no, no. There's like five murders in the last month, and he won't release any of the video. Yeah. So he's really good at PR. He can go on CNN. Okay. He can say the right things, and and it's really awful. I, I'm not in Houston. I haven't been in Houston at all. I came back, you know, because of COVID, and I'm staying in Ohio. But I don't get a sense there's a lot going on there, uh, even in terms of the protests. There was a couple huge ones, you know, right at the outset because George Floyd is from. Sure, sure. That, that happened, but 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 since why? then. And, I mean, you know, we've but, got a couple of friends that actually people that have moved to Houston, they're coming back and forth right now. They're like, this is going on there. We got to hang out with you yeah. guys. So Houston is uh, weird though. It's a, it's a totally democratic County now. There's not a single yeah. Republican, you know, I don't think in, in, in all the judges and the, the commissioner who's really done a, a good job. Nina Hidalgo, you know, 28 year Latina. So the, the good old boys can't stand her, but she's actually, you know, been on top of things, but, you know, Abby keeps overruling it. Um, when this began, there was also, I think, a tragic case. Wasn't there like a high school kid who just kind of wanted to come out and see what a protest was like, and he got shot in the head? In Houston. Was, that, was it in Austin, I thought, or, or near oh, I'm Austin? Sorry. Yeah, no, Austin, yes. Yeah. Well, there were several uh, that first week in the bloody weekend. I've been trying yeah. to come up with a name for it, but uh, I went down the Friday night uh, because I saw it happening. I didn't know it was, was going to be anywhere to that level, but there was 50, 75 people out there about midnight and I got my car and I was like, fuck COVID, I'm putting my mask on, I'm going down there. And um, because those, those people were alone, there was nobody, there was a couple of people using their phone to live stream and I was like, oh my God. So I went down there, I was walking up the side of the building. Uh, I see two guys across the street yelling and taunting them, you know, saying some words, you know, and uh, next thing I know, I look back to the cops that were just more of them than the protesters lined up on the elevated section of the headquarters. And I looked up and the one was pointing a rifle and I'm like, I had to back my head up. It went about a foot in front of my face past me to try to hit him. And I'm like, oh, really? This is how we're playing this. And that was just the beginning of the end. And it was horrific. They probably shot off uh, anywhere, I'd say, between 600 and 800 um, beanbag rounds at us that weekend. Um, a whole lot of pepper spray canisters got emptied. Then there was the tear gas, which is against the Geneva Conventions. Um, I don't think there was any tasers. I think the, I think that was the only non-lethal they didn't use was the taser, because uh, I think there was a few bat batons here and there. But they assaulted us. They went to war on us. There was 
dozens of people that ended up in the hospital that weekend, um, and two of which really, really in bad shape, uh, one of which was the high school boy, 16-year-old that uh, took, he, he's finally getting better, but the other young black man who's 19 is still in critical care to this day. I mean, he is brain damaged and it's, I. And I did, when, when that happened, didn't like some people go to help him and the police wouldn't even let the medics. They wouldn't let uh, the medics in. They, you know, okay, so they care. The medics went to help him and they said, no, you have to bring him because they, they, if, they, at this point, we're saying, we're going to take care of him. We bring him to us. So they were, the medics were carrying him. One of my friends was one of the medics, Meredith. And she did, which is a medic uh, universal sign of cross, doing the cross as they were walking. She was standing in front of us. The medics were carrying. So they wouldn't shoot the injured people and the medics. And they did anyway. They shot her through the hand. I mean, so she still can't use her hands. She can't cook her family dinner. She has an autistic son and uh, special needs dog. You know, it's just these, you know, they're still hurting. We've had up there go fund meets to take care of them. And it's just, there's no, there was no reason for it. They did the universal sign. They just out of sheer meanness, out of spite. They're like, I'm, they purposely aimed for her. For her well, they've been going after um, medics and journalists in, in every major city. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they really are uh, well, they, Legal observers. They, legal, yeah. Luck, well, legal these are war crimes. These are war crimes. <laughs> they haven't touched us yet, but they did arrest a few weeks ago our very popular high, uh, uh, live streamer, Hiram Garcia. And I was going to ask about him, yeah. For no reason. They basically, you know, he was filming another arrest. He, they said he's got too close. He backed up. He did everything right, but they attacked him, uh, punched him, and threw him in jail for 24 hours. Not, you know. Yeah, be before we go, because I've been watching him, um, you can give information, you know, about all that, because that's, that's a really good source I've been sure, yeah. kind of uh, keeping, keeping an eye on that. Now, weren't there uh, Proud Boys out? Armed Proud Boys out uh, what, yes, just we a had few days Proud ago or this Boys, weekend? Texas yeah. Tribune has some great photos. Um, yeah, we had had other little segments of right-winger, you know, wannabe cops or whatever, militia types. But, yeah, the Proud Boys were lined up real near the the altar space. Try, and, try, and telling reporters that ask, we're just here to make sure everybody stays safe. And you know they're they're not. They're there to intimidate and to shoot anything that they think you know looks at them funny. But luckily they didn't do anything. Luckily, nothing really bad happened beyond what the cops did. <laughs> yeah. it's just, I always, you know, I, I I love mafia movies and books, and uh, the police are far more vicious than any mobster I've ever read about. So. And the, especially uh, the police union bosses. That's really yeah, we, that's something, you know, like I said, we've, we've been talking about that a lot because, you know, we're all very much pro-union, but police unions aren't, shouldn't be part of that. These would be part of organized labor. Right. Um, so 
Did you say Scott? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna. The other thing I was gonna say is that it it, it seems like with uh, on the on the militia front, it seems like you know we we see militias showing up at a lot of these protests. We see them having their own protests. They storm state houses with automatic weapons and you know get away get away with it you know all the time. Um, I'm kind of curious about like so the I, I saw the I saw those pictures in the Texas Tribune too and the and the Proud Boys. How 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 much of an organized right wing militia component is there in Austin that's been showing up at these protests for the last two months? Um or is it just smoke I, and mirrors and fancy no, pictures? I mean, there's there's a few small little clubs, you know, is is what it comes down to. And then a couple of and then there's these Christopher Ritchie, you know, a couple of others that put themselves up as leaders of that part of the movement. They're just, you know, meth heads with serious untreated mental health issues. Uh, you know, that go around and spout the the racist stuff but the organized militia with the little guns and stuff they haven't really bothered us this is the first time they've really been in our space honestly um so hopefully they'll stay have their own little protest and stay away from us but we i mean because from what i read garrett foster was actually a libertarian and I've actually yeah. seen the Libertarian Party USA, whatever they're called, they've actually been putting out statements against the Department of Homeland Security in Portland. Mm -hmm. um, even some of the right wing, regular right wingers in Portland have actually been staying away because they actually at least claim to have some disagreement. The, the Portlanders, we're going to be talking to some of the Portland folks later this week, but like, you know, Portland, Antifa, anarchists, whatever may have like, may contradict me here but like i've been seeing where like joey gibson in, in portland has actually been saying that he is staying away because he actually doesn't agree with like an enhanced federal presence and i'm and i'm just wondering if that is like the kind of root of that that just like there's a there's a political difference in like an enhanced police state yes um well you know the libertin when i first got to know libertarians back in the day that's where they were anti-government anti-state uh, but there's been this blending of Tea Party and right-winger republicanism that has really tainted the libertarian side of things. And, you know, we were fighting all week long about, with all the libertarians and the gun right people, about Garrett being a victim or Garrett being the perpetrator. You know, it was first said that he shot the first five shots because all the gun people think they're gun experts and said, that sounds like a long gun. That wasn't that, you know, they were sure that he shot the fight, even though his car, his gun was right next to the car. And I mean, if he had shot five shots, he would have had the gun. He was so close to the car against the guy's head. He wouldn't have missed. First of all, long story short, the most people, most of these libertarians were going on the whole, you know, self-defense of the driver thing. And it was just like, why are you, who's got the rights here? He, you, he plowed into a, a crowd with the intention, malicious intention. And if you, in, in Texas, if you even touch somebody with your car, which he did touch several people, uh, you, that you've already, you've already committed attempted man, vehicular manslaughter. 
Battery in the least. Yeah, battery in the least. And that's, that's happened like what, in 75, there have been like 75 or 80 cases already of people using cars. You know, yeah. uh, started with Heather Heyer in Charlottesville and it's just taken off. Since and you know, that was the fifth or sixth one we've experienced. Uh, yeah. that, that one just got a lot closer. You know, people weren't able to get out of the way as, as much. But, uh, but so, yeah, it was when we were really engaging my roommate, uh, Kat Green, as you know her, Katija Grunier, uh, is really, as a Green Party person, was really getting after the Libertarians for taking that stance. And uh, we were so glad to see the National Party send out a message of condolences, at least, to Garrett's family, which at least insinuated that, hey, everybody, shut up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They both had rights to carry a gun. What, uh, what I found remarkable was that, like, in real time, you guys were doing the detective work, like, you know, on Facebook and in Twitter, and yeah. people are looking at, at pictures and they're doing you know like logistics and uh it, it was like you know an amazing science project and you know really well, you're impressive. not seeing it though you're not seeing what we're doing right <laughs> I mean, right no i'm just like i'm just saying this is what i saw yeah you know, we're like, a little bit but our our group is holding a lot of stuff tight because we're yeah yeah basically getting under the lawyers for privilege and protection so we don't get subpoenaed for right. our stuff and and so we're basically going to be handing our stuff over to the lawyers but we've done some amazing work and i can tell you with a hundred and ten percent certainty who was right and who was wrong in this situation who was the yeah. victim who was the perpetrator but you know let everybody else out in the world spin the wheels for now and you know because it's our the damage was already done by the police and the police union and just crazies out there they're gonna they're gonna do you, you tell them you the police said he didn't shoot his gun oh he shot his gun it's like okay usually you believe the police but you don't so don't get it don't get it what's the local media been like there well i mean it's to be expected that because we held our shit close to the chest that you know when the Red Guard kids that have been working under the Mike Ramos Brigade uh, are attached to this Tribute for the People online little journal. Uh, I've, I've, yeah, I know what so you're talking about. We stupidly let one of them be in with us and they stole our shit and published it because yeah. they wanted to be the first go. You know, yeah. you can't trust the Red Guard people. Um, are, those, are those RCP people? Yeah, I, I mean, they're... They don't know they are, but they are. <laughs> you know? I, I, I've had some run-ins with them. Yeah, they're... Yeah. Revolutionary Communist Party folks for, Sorry. for RCP. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. We've Scott and I know them well. <laughs> We've no, they were, some, they were, some of our favorite Houston people, huh? <laughs> yeah, they were prepared for his name to come out. And uh, yeah. they, they were expecting us to put it out there at any moment. But these guys, and we were saying, don't put it out. Don't put it out. We, we got to make sure Whitney's safe. We got to make sure their attorneys are hired. We got to do, we got to get some stuff back from the cops first. We got, you know, like we had a plan, but the Tribune for the people decided yeah. they had their own plan. So there's that. I'm sorry. So the attorneys had it ready to go. They put out, you know, they preempted the people putting out the, the name to, to change the, so of course, yes, the local media, that's all that ran for the first 24 hours was the attorney press release, right? You know, uh, nobody questioned anything on it. I don't think the attorneys even questioned checking again is whether he was active status or not. So um, going forward, I mean, uh, obviously one of your, your uh, 
goals is to, to have a defunding. How much, what's the budget for the Austin Police Department? 430 odd mil. And uh, how many police are there? 1250 to 1300 thereabouts these days. Uh, I know, it, it, you, you were expecting a bigger number, weren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah kind of, I guess, because, <laughs> I mean, you know, Austin's big now. I haven't been there in a while, but yeah. you know, when I started going to the LBJ Library, Austin was still kind of, you know, a little more quaint. <laughs> yes, yes, we've, we've... And so, so defunding is, is, is part of, obviously, your program. Uh, anything else, like, specific that you guys are working on right now? One of the, one of the things that one of our local journalists at our Progressive Weekly, as it said, as it were, he's, he said the goal should be decreasing over time the police budget, not increasing it. Ours has increased in the last 20 years, a hundred and something percent. I mean, it's just, it goes up and up and up and crime was going down a little bit, down a little bit, mm -hmm. down a little bit. Population was going up, but we weren't really adding a lot of cops. We were just adding a lot of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if that answers your question, why well, we have only 12, 1300 cops, but yeah, it's a fat budget and well, I'm assuming they have uh, armor and uh, drones and all that other kind of stuff too. Yeah. yeah, and the LRADs, they love their using their LRADs for the making the announcements for the arrest. So far, they haven't yeah. actually engaged one of those audits yet. Uh, but yeah, it's declining over time. Um, that's one thing he's, yeah. Uh, now, is there, is there a mayor, uh, the, now you said the mayor is sort of coming around and a, a well, little bit? He's, he's taking a diplomatic, he's taking the, the diplomatic side of our side. <laughs> yeah. He's there. He's not exactly sure how much to cut, but he knows it needs to be significant kind of thing. Yeah. I think, uh, like I said at the beginning, you know, it's, it's important to, to see like, you know, Austin, Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, these are all progressive cities run by democratic mayors. And, um, uh, you know, just, I get this sense, you know, and, and not to the extent that you've obviously been involved in this, but, you know, I've been following it for a long time and uh, never realized just what control the police, especially the police unions had. I, I mean, I think there's no civilian control at this point. Uh, it's, it's actually like, I'm, I'm a lot more, you know, afraid now than I was two months ago. Right. Uh, you know, they, they're just ruthless. You know, they know they're being videoed and they don't care. Yeah, actually, the, the the lady I was speaking about before, Sarah Eckhart, who's our former county uh, commissioner judge, uh, running uh, is the actually it will be the next Texas senator for District 14. Her quote, which was beautiful, was it's not that they were, it's not he didn't die because of a product of Black Lives Matter protesting. He died because of an epic, you know, epic failure of leadership around these police issues and criminal justice so uh that we you know that we have to address so going back to a little bit more about what council's talking about and in the next 10 days or so what whether this stuff will pass one is removing internal affairs and forensics we we've had huge fails failures on forensics here uh, i know that's a nationwide thing but i mean ours was 
kind of pronounced. Um, and we move them from the police department, shift the money and, uh, you know, move those into independent places, shift the money from previous scheduled cadet classes to programs that prevent violence and other harm in the city. Uh, and then I was going mentioning Jimmy Flanagan and his is reconstruct police operations into separate departments with independent department heads and civilian executive leadership in city manager's office and city manager's office and move. Uh, and the other thing is, is we were supposed to shutter their headquarters. That's just a horrifically horrible, old, nasty building. It's when you go in there, you get headaches. It's a sick building. It really, truly is. And so we've been trying to shut that down and build them. A, they wanted to build a new one north of downtown. But so he's, he's proposing that we get them out of there, put them somewhere else that, you know, that's underutilized and not an expensive space because this is expensive property and he wants to renovate the building and use it to serve things that address historical economic inequities in Austin's black community. So that's good. Um, and some of my mentors roll under the banner of Just Liberty and Leslie Poole is supporting their call to save 40, 41 and a half million by eliminating unfilled positions in cadet classes scheduled for this year and to cut the police department's budget for overtime and mounted patrols and is also looking into making cuts to department's explosive ordinance disposal team, Lake Patrol, and along with ARIC, our fusion center, Austin Regional Intelligence Center. So that's another thing. Uh, but yeah, mounted are, patrols, don't get me started. I've <laughs> are there issues with, um, and my last question, because I know yeah. we're getting close to the end. Are there um, issues with the schools, like police in the schools or police at UT? UT has their own police force. It's just yeah. set up by Acevedo's former right-hand guy, David Carter. Um, for the most part, things are quiet on that front. Uh, you know, they don't do too many... They'll pull you over a lot. They might mess with you a little bit, but they're not APD. The schools... AISD, the Austin, they do have a contract and basically uh, they have their own police force, but they roll under APD rules and regulations and, and such. Um, we're in Del Valley, I'm former school board member. We just voted to get our own police force so that we don't have to roll under the sheriff's rules and regulations and we can make our own policies so we can break that completely break that school to prison pipeline, which we've done a really good job of, of undoing quite a bit till now. So, uh, but APD, uh, AISD unfortunately has the, the, the deal with APD. Uh, our schools are funded, you know, independently. Um, so <laughs> city council doesn't have anything to do with that, but they have their own school boards. Just as, just as we wrap up, is there any way that folks listening in today can support what y'all are doing on the streets of Austin right now? Sure. Um, if you want to follow where, you know, my updates, I'm on Facebook bas backslash Debmocracy. It's like democracy with a B stuck in there because uh, my name's Debbie. Get it? Ha ha. But the, more importantly, stay tuned to, to Hiram. Hiram's, I've got a little tickle, sorry. Hiram's channel. It is LML hyphen. Oh, we'll, put, we'll yeah. post it in the we'll, episode. We'll, we can we'll post, post it on the episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. I, need, I need my cheater, cheater glasses on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, isn't there, there's also a fund, right? For um, uh, Garrett Foster. Like a, a yeah, on my page. Uh, she, she, the, she's, they've stopped taking donations on the GoFundMe. They have some, uh, the homeless 
uh, nonprofit. You know, they've been feeding the homeless this whole time, just as a personal support fund. But they they closed down the memorial site because they got lots of lots of money through that. It was very yeah. people were very generous. Thank you. I mean, I've I've uh, long you know really respected and admired what you've done, and you know I know it's a tough fight, and you're dealing with some really kind of vicious people. So stay safe. Thank you very much. Good Thanks for coming on, folks. You've been listening to. Debbie Russell, longtime community organizer in Austin, anti-police brutality, anti-police activist. If you want to follow, if you want to continue to keep up with Green and Red, you can follow us on Facebook at Green and Red Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and then you can also become a donor at Patreon backslash Green Red Podcast, or go to our website greenandredpodcast.org and give us a donation. And uh, we'll talk to folks soon. Mm-hmm.